0: Hello, my praying people. This summer we are going to enter into a new series called The Truth About Women. If you've been following me through the month of May, you know that at my church at Thompson Station Church in Thompson Station, Tennessee, I was invited to deliver a message on Mother's Day called The Truth About Women. And I actually blogged about it and told everyone how disconcerting it was to be given an assignment such as that. And one of the things that really surprised me was how difficult it is to actually tell the truth about a lot of things in this day and age. The lies and the deception have gotten so rampant and so mainstream that it has become incredibly controversial and unfortunately confrontational to tell the truth. And one of the truths that we don't tell often enough is the truth about women. We don't tell that truth um, very well in our everyday life, but we also don't tell that truth very well within our churches. So I'm really hopeful that by participating in this series this summer, you'll be able to become well-grounded in the truth about women from a biblical perspective and one that i believe will radically impact the way girls and women uh, embrace who god has made us to be so that we can do what god has created for us to do as a part of this summer series i've invited some of my best women ministry friends participate in it with me. And so every one of the episodes will be a conversation with me and one of these amazing women. Um, All of them have ministries of their own. Many of them have their own podcast. They are authors. They are women's ministry leaders. They are pastor's wives. They are um, uh, conference speakers. They are just dynamic, godly women. And i'm looking forward to getting to introduce you to all of them throughout the summer and so it's going to be a fun thing there are going to be i think 10 episodes in this series and this is the first one and then we'll just roll along from there i hope that you'll share this with any women that you know i hope that you'll if you resonate with what we're teaching on here, that you'll share it in your in your Sunday school classes or your life groups or your connect groups, whatever it is you call your small groups you're part of. I hope you'll share it with your women's ministries. I hope that you'll share the podcast with friends you have and um, that you will really be, uh, you'll, you know, you enjoy this. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, um, thank you for listening. And uh, here we go with episode one and our Truth About Women podcast series. All right. I'm so excited today to introduce you all to my good friend, Bobby Ann Allen. Bobby Ann is the women's minister at Willowbrook Church. In um, Huntsville, Alabama, they have two campuses, and one in Madison, one in Huntsville, and her husband is the campus pastor at the Madison campus, so Bobby Ann and I have something in common in that we're both called to ministry, our husbands are called, obviously called to ministry, we're pastor's wives, but then we're also on staff at the same church with our pastors, which is an unusual thing for us, Bobby Ann, yeah. <laughs> so, um, and, and we're such kindred spirits, we go way back to um goodness I don't even know I don't even want to say how many years I don't but know I either. think <laughs> <you>. <laughs> it has been a few and um she and I both worked with my son at the same time my son who is really a guru in marketing and at the time he was very young but very wise beyond his years and he knew what he was talking about on online marketing so she and I both were working with him to advance our writing and speaking careers and my son would always say to me mama if you would just do what Bobby Ann is doing And so so um, this is Bobby Ann and she's still doing it. Bobby Ann's got several studies, like a couple of studies out, a devotional book and a trade book that are all. So she's a published author and a women's minister and an influencer in our world of um, women and the church. And so just my first choice for who I wanted to talk to at both the beginning and mm-hmm. the end of this series of 10 um Interviews, podcast interviews, we're going to do throughout the summer as we talk about the truth about women. Mm-hmm. So, Bobby Ann, one, welcome, and then Good two, to thank you. you so very much for um, coming alongside. I have to confess to, <laughs> I have to confess to y'all that I literally begged her to be <laughs> on here in this um, episode, and then at the last one. So, Bobby Ann, thank you for being here. Tell our people um, about your family, okay. and then we'll jump into yeah. ours
1: our conversation. So I am married. Actually, I just celebrated 20 years uh, with my husband, Jared. And uh, we really do consider ourselves um, to be, um, Partnering in marriage and ministry. That has That's been right. the, the dream and, and the vision from the get go. And God has allowed us to do that, which is a gift. It's an enormous responsibility, but it is certainly a gift. And then God has given us two extremely fun kids. Um, Katie Ann, who's 15, uh, in fact, she's got her learner's permit. And I have realized because she's my first one um, that I have leveled up in parenting when it comes. Comes to when you, like you should get like a Girl Scout badge when you teach someone. Yes, you um, that is like no. I, I have like such an appreciation yeah, for parents ahead it. of me. Um, I just didn't know. Um, but anyway, I have a fifteen-year-old daughter. Uh, Katie Ann, who is going to be a sophomore in high school, and then we have a 12-year-old son, Kai, um, who is about to go into middle school. Um, so we're we're kind of doing some big parenting things as far as uh, both of those are concerned. And I would say that we are right in the thick of raising kids, um, and the driving people around all the time, and helping people navigate what it looks like to be a light in a very um yeah. dark world, and um, so anyway, that's, um, the four of us have a lot of fun together, Um we are all four sinners in need of a savior, um, but we do <laughs> a lot of grace, and we laugh a lot, and that sort of thing in our house, so.
0: So good, I remember that, turning 15 and learning how to drive, like I remember learning how to drive and nearly yeah. killing my whole entire family on a, on a night, that we were out driving one night and and I remember my mom being a nervous wreck that whole year of my life and it made me a nervous wreck and it was horrible and then I remember teaching my children how to drive and I t- a hundred percent agree with you there should be a badge there should be a trophy there should be something that we get once we've gone through that right. little I mean like life I really
1: stage. feel like that's and I didn't but even as I drive I drove with her this morning to take her to a babysitting job and as yeah. I did I just find my my shoulders are so tense yes and I'm like I'm like like I've got fingernail marks in my in my hand yes. um and I'm like and which is not necessarily helping her um, and so I, I try to relax as much as I can, but there should there really should be a badge for yes. If if you get through it, if you don't scream too much, if you you know right. like if you remain calm. All oh of goodness! Um, but it has made me go. I've, I've kind of checked in with some of my friends who have walked through this before me. Okay, like which is the next level? Like I yeah. realize we have officially oh. leveled up. um Like a video game, and, I, and I'm gonna need to prepare myself for the next level. I'm, I'm told that the next level is when they pull out of the driveway by themselves. And yes. I'm like like okay, well, in fairness, I'll stick with this level for.
0: Yeah, 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 and that happens all too fast because you only get like you know one year, and if they're pretty good, which they will be, you they just take off and get it. So yeah, in a whole new world. But then you get over that because then they start toting their siblings around and and helping with that whole going here and there and everywhere all the time.
1: (laughs) I'll take the help,
0: but it's a it's a new level. I know. Still, the idea of it, even as I'm saying that, I'm thinking about. Of course, I'm I have a granddaughter that's same age as your son. I think she's only a year behind, and. The other day, she's like, man, I want your car when I turn 16, like she loves my car. So I'm thinking, okay, I could probably hang on to it, you know, for a few (laughs) more years and it would be a good starter car for her. And, but I was like, no, no, you will never, you will never (laughs) drive out of my driveway without somebody in that car with you. It's like, oh, Oh, you know, you just can't.
1: Yes. oh,
0: Oh, well, that's good. So we're, we are here to talk about, um. The truth about women and as we go through this we're going to really um talk about the biblical the truth being what the bible says about who we are as women and then how we live that out in the world today because what i love about the bible is that even though it's an ancient book it it, truth is not time sensitive It, it permeates from beginning to end so from from in the beginning god to to the glory of God, amen, you know, from the beginning, Genesis 1, 1, to the end of Revelation, um, truth remains true, and so as we start this series of messages, there are going to be 10 of them, we're going to start by talking about um, how we were made in the image of God, how women are made in the image of God, so we're going to kind of camp out with um, beginning kind of in Genesis 1, not as much, I'm saying this for you guys who are listening, as much of Bible studies as Bobby and Ann and I are just going to talk about the origins of women and how that applies to the truth of who we genuinely are. And um, this whole series of messages is was inspired by a assignment that I had to teach the truth about women in a sermon setting on a Sunday morning. Of course, you know, we women don't call them sermons. We just call them messages or a teaching time or whatever it was. But I did that on Mother's Day at my church. And um, Bobby Ann, I started by showing the video of the Senate confirmation hearings for Katanji Brown Jackson when Marsha Blackburn, and Marsha Blackburn's from Tennessee. So our yeah. Tennessee yeah. people in our Tennessee church could relate to that. They'd all heard the story, where Marsha had asked Katanji to um, define what it means to be a woman. And so I wanted that's our first question that I wanted to talk with you about is what did you think about that particular one? Did you see it? I guess you've seen it now because I yeah, gave it, you a it up and yeah. then, too um so what 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 was your like your reaction to that
1: yeah you know i think um our fleshly reaction i mean if i were just going to be honest gut like automatic fleshly nature reaction is like are you kidding me yeah (laughs) guys this what in the like have we lost all common sense um what what in the world um but as I as I really have sought God on this, I feel like that actually, um, as as hard as that is for us to watch, I think it should be at least for believers a wake up call, um, as far as it really does give us some insight on where we are as a culture and we're called to be light in the darkness and we want to to reach people and we know that Jesus reaches them right where they are well then that gives us a really good idea of this is right where they are um and and we have and I know you do too Leanne I I really do try to pay attention to where the culture is as far as in relationship to the gospel Mm -hmm. and and we we're even kind of coming out of which a lot of people don't realize a postmodern society, like we've, we've been using it um, to really more post-Christian now um, that is is identity is really up. For debate, um, right. which now is crazy. I mean, but A postmodern person. was truth was up for debate, absolutes for yes. for debate. Now we're really identity is up for debate, mm-hmm. and I think that's an important thing for for Christ followers to acknowledge because where we start our engagement with with the world needs to be where the world is not somewhere else, because a lot of times we're coming, like, we try to come from our own perspective. um, Mm -hmm. That's not where they are. And it's not really making any sense to them. Um, So I I feel like um, as I watched that, and as I watched it not through fleshly eyes, but through more of a divine perspective, um, I was reminded of a verse in Matthew chapter nine. In fact, it was a verse that God really put on my heart um, while I was in college. And I, I probably talked through this verse, I don't know how many times, um, but it's Matthew 9, 36. And it says that Jesus looked out at the crowds um, and he had compassion on them mm. because they were harassed. And they were helpless, and they were like sheep without a shepherd. And and so I think that um, my flesh looks at it disgusted um, and irritated. And what world are we living in? Um, yeah. But looking at it through the Holy Spirit that lives inside me, I have to try to look at it um, through the eyes that Jesus I think would wow. um, with compassion, um, because. Because we, we live among a people who I think um, because of the work of the enemy, they are harassed and they are helpless. Yeah. And that's that's why they don't even know who they are. They don't even know what a woman means, um, right. like sheep without a shepherd.
0: Oh, that is so good, Bobby Ann. And in fact, when I did the message that Sunday, and it's I'll put a link to it in the show notes, but um, I showed the video at the beginning to introduce how the truth about women has become so confusing. And um, I used also the, um, oh, a couple of clips of some transgender advances, Mm. you know, the Miss Nevada in 2021 was a transgender person and um, the woman of the year was actually the transgender secretary of something in the Biden administration, I forget, and (laughs) it's on there. (laughs) And then the, um, the other one, I used three different examples. Oh, the guy that's won all the swimming oh, contest, yes. yeah. which is home to me because I am a swimmer. Well, I don't swim much anymore. I know how to swim, but I used to swim on a, on a swim team. And so, you know, I used those things and then I culminated it with Marsha and Katanji's, you know, interaction. That was the video. But then at the end of the message, I went back. And um, we had culminated the message with how did Jesus treat women and what was his perspective on women? And he loved them, he acknowledged them, he valued them, they were precious in his sight. And I put the video back up. We had the Jesus loves me playing in the background, and we put those words over those same exact pictures and those same exact people. And so that was our, and we ended there, which is so I totally resonate with what you're saying. And that in a nutshell, is what we have to be. One thing I really loved in how you said that though was um, that we have to meet people in the world where they are not not where we are and what I was picturing when you said that was like a bridge a gulf between the Christian worldview and the way the world is today and this post-Christian you know place that we are and how great that gulf is but even as I did that I thought about the bridge illustration we used for evangelism that's right yeah (laughs) (laughs) and how that gulf was so big but God himself he came to where we are he he traveled that chasm to come to where we are by being with us and among us and walking with us and that's so such a great thing and the way you said that because that is what we need to be is realize this is where our culture is today the other thing that has really zeroed in on me lately is we as God's children, as his daughters cannot get overwhelmed at this because he preordained when we'd be born and when we die and that we would be who we are, where we are in life with the experiences we have, with a voice we have for such a time as this. Yes, And so uh-huh. he's called us to mm-hmm. be his voice in this world today. So not only do we have the challenge of it, but we also have the, uh, we've been equipped to do this. And so we don't have to be overwhelmed. We just have to be aware. And that's what you're, you know, you're talking about doing. So, and that really rolls into the next question. You got into it a little bit is why do people have such a hard time understanding gender? And, um you know, I, I put on the question that I Googled, I Googled gender identity, like what you're talking about. And there was anywhere from two genders to 68 different gender identities. And I'm sure that number can even, even grow but why do you think people are having so it is it is an identity crisis in general so um,
1: yeah I think well there's a couple of things that I I would say that are going on here but um, you know I I love to I love the book of Ruth um, and I love the story of Ruth um, and uh-huh. as I've studied it or taught through it I always start by reminding people of the last verse um, of the book before Ruth, which is Judges chapter 21, verse 25. And it says, in those days, there was no king in Israel and everyone did whatever seemed right to him. And I God has really been working on me as I pray through cultural issues, as I pray about what it looks like to lead um, God's people and, and to be a light, is I have to come to terms for myself first. Who's king? Is there, mm. is there a king? Um, because mm. the reality is that Jesus is king of my mm. life or he's not, and I, and just saying that he is, um, does not give him that authority. I mean, he he has the authority, but he doesn't push himself around, and so, I mean, this is kind of a question of, um, that we have, and you and I both, Leanne, even though we're not necessarily exactly the same generation, but we've both lived through a time where culturally, it was much more accepted um, that, to be a Christian. Um, and so when, when we talk about this, like why, why do people have a hard time understanding gender today? Um, I think even culturally, even people that may not have a personal relationship with Jesus, um, there's not even an acknowledgement of Jesus as King. Um, and even if they, they don't have a personal relationship, we, we we've moved so far from that, but I would, and, and I, I want to be careful about the way that I talk about the big C church, because the reality is the big C church is just full of sinners who have been saved. Um, but still, I have a fleshly nature and, and are in the process of sanctification, hopefully.
0: Yes. And so
1: we mess up. Uh, the big okay. C church messes up. But, the, but from a lot of what I've seen as someone who has grown up in the Bible belt um, and has been through a time like that is that. We have not done a really good job as the big C church, but more as individual believers or or people who proclaim Christ of allowing Jesus to be king. Mm, And we have not modeled that, I don't think, very well to the world, which means that the world has said well, you're not, you're not really living it out. Why? So he's not the king for the world, because a lot of us aren't living out that he's the king for us. And so I just keep coming back to that, that verse, when I think about how off track it would seem that the world is on things as simple as, or what would seem, I mean, it seems simple until you Google 68 genders. I don't know. (laughs) Right. I mean, um, but, but something as simple And basic as gender, you have to come to a time when when people in the book of judges were were doing whatever seemed right to them and it's because there was no king, you know, and I feel like that's very Mm. applicable to to us on a very personal level. that And it's why I think sometimes we as Christians can get off track by something like this because yes. we are so influenced by what other people think um, mm-hmm. instead of making the priority what, what Jesus says and what yeah. Jesus has done and who we are in Christ. That's so so I kind of went around the world to answer that no. question. You did
0: very well though. Remind me, you one of your studies is on the book of yes. what's yeah, the name uh, of that It's
1: one? called uh There's More to Your Story. There's and your it is it, it's about the redemption, the redeeming God that we serve, that no matter where we okay. find ourselves in, uh, God is uh now is
0: that book still right, out there where we can it, it is, it's it. on
1: Amazon um okay. or through my oh, website. Okay,
0: I'll put a link to that too yeah. on the show notes. Okay. There's more to yeah. your story. I love no, I love that and and um, the whole thing about when there is no king and that makes perfect good sense and that really leads us to thinking about rather than being so overwhelmed and so disgusted and so you know flabbergasted that the world is a, um without a king <laughs> mm, yeah and then um what we need to do is recognize that is that is what life is like without a king and so um then you also it's a pretty serious um observation that if we were living one of the phrases that's come to me and i need to go find where the verse is i'll have to look it up about us being called a peculiar people there's yeah. a translation that says we're, we're peculiar and yeah. i think what's happened is because we were in a culture where christianity was just the mainstream we could be normal it, we could yes. be ordinary we were all the same mm-hmm. but now that the culture is not that way we need to start understanding what it means to live peculiar yes. to be very very different than mm-hmm. the mainline culture and and what it looks like to get out of the current of that culture and, and go upstream, you know, to be different than that, but then also to be, in the culture and among the people but to respond to them with the peculiarity of the fact that we follow a king it's not you know and the beauty of it is the new testament gives us so much language for that even jesus Mm -hmm. comes to establish his kingdom we're citizens of a new kingdom we you know we follow and that should make us look different i remember Mm -hmm. when my son was really little and um he hated it because i did um uh, limit some of what he was able to play with and we can do sure. that when we're the parent and they're the child we forget fair. we can but like we didn't do certain things that um that other children got to do pokemon no. was really big back in the day yeah. and at that time i didn't, didn't wait we didn't do pokemon the little boy aisle in walmart in the toy section was full of all kinds of devilish looking you know <clears throat> toys that transformed into these monster devils and i didn't let him do that and so he got really frustrated with me and he's like why do you not let me do these things everybody's doing it i said because you're not an ordinary child you're you're a prince you're a crown prince in a heavenly kingdom like i said you have a king for a heavenly father because he's our father and i want to teach you how to live like royalty not like a pauper and so it's very different so i tried to plant that idea that we we are going to be a peculiar people and um and that's what we need to be reminded of that as well so let's talk about the christian understanding like of um of gender and well and and more specifically in that let's move off of just the whole gender identity and talk about women like what is the christian understanding of what a woman is and how we're uniquely different than men what makes us distinctly different than
1: men yeah Uh, you know i I, i'll just say that even as you ask that question like um because i think well the christian understanding uh that that could be a broad uh, okay (laughs) a lot of people who proclaim christ and have right. a, a differing mm-hmm. view of their understanding of that. But what I understand biblically, yes, um, and and I think you and I kind of chatted about this before, mm-hmm. is um, that God created man and woman oh, in right. his image. Not one more like him, not one less like yeah. him both as scripture tells us both man, male and female were god. created in his image and yes. and as i have looked at that idea um because i really just kept thinking through um what god's image is well as, as believers as christ followers um we believe in a triune god um we believe in god the father god the son and god the holy spirit who um don't really there's not one elevated necessarily above the other now in our human mindset we still kind of do that um i think that that we see that in different denominations and different that that one becomes elevated over the other but if i read scripture um i don't see one elevated above the other. I see denominations do it, I see people do it, but I don't see scripture do it. I see yes. that they have different functions yes. um, of, of the way that they, uh, the things that they need to accomplish and, and for God's glory. And I really think that when, when we see that male and female are created in the image of God, they really become a, a photograph, if you will, of yes. this triune God, uh, uh, of different functions, different roles, uh, like but all for the glory of God, and uh-huh. one not valued or elevated above another.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's good. And yeah. I think that when God created, and and that is how the Scripture says that He made mankind in the in His image, male and female. He made them, and yes. so very much equally, just like every other part of the animal race, male and female, a tigress is no less a tiger than a tiger, you know, they're (laughs) both a tiger, and it's the same way, and what's so beautiful about that, what you talked about, the Trinitarian view we have of God, three in one, and the best little children's illustration I ever saw of that was an apple, because the core the flesh of the apple and the peeling they're all very different but together they are one and i love the fact that um even the scripture says and um the man shall leave his father and mother and they'll cling to each other and become one which really kind of even the 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 nature of that is um lends itself to understanding that trinity kind of thing so and what that tells me is if women were made in the image of God then we portray um, aspects and characteristics of God in our womanhood Mm -hmm. very differently than men and then men come along and portray other aspects and characteristics of God in their manhood but they're both Um, aspects of God. In fact, Bobby Ann, I can think of some scriptures in the Old Testament where God um, uh, uses reference to like a woman. You Mm -hmm. remember in Isaiah, he says, can a mother forget the baby who nurses at her breast? And he says, even if she were to forget, I will never forget you, which tells me that our God, even though we think of him in terms of a masculine, you know, just he, him, you know, the king, not the queen, the, all that, the father, not the mother. And I have no problem with that. I, in fact, I love that because that image of God as a as a protector, as the mighty one, you know, it just lends itself more in yeah. my human understanding for that to be maleish. Yeah. But to know that he feels every bit as feminine as I do as a mother, yes. like that verse is one of my favorites. Oh, because- I love that.
1: A, a nurturing God yeah. he, and, and <laughs> how important that is. And how yeah. we all need it, you know? Right. All need God, a, a God that can nurture us just as a mother might nurture right. us
0: and to know that my mother nature is really the image of God. Like it's that, that, that mother bear in me, that is God. Like that's a God image in me. And so, you know, and then Jesus, when he was praying over Jerusalem, he says, "I." it's like a mother hen wanting to collect all her little chicks and hide them in her wing. And I'm like, that is God saying he's, he's giving reference to the the, the woman type characteristics that we can identify with in him. And I I love that. And I think that's why Jesus, when he was sitting even in the Pharisees home and, Um, mary was pouring out the oil on his feet and washing with the hair like he could receive that because he understood the heart that was giving that because it was very much a reflection of the heart of god i mean all of it just ties in together it's such a a great great way and i so you know we know then if women are created in the image of god then we uniquely as women and and bobby and i sometimes what's happened in our culture is in women trying to fight to have a voice they instead of fighting to have the voice of a woman we sometimes have gone over to say we're going to be like men since men seem to have the the upper hand then we're going to prove that we can live like men but when we do that we're losing the whole image of womanhood that our world needs what do you think i mean
1: oh no i well and i would i would tell you um i I recently uh, was reading an apologetics book uh, that covered several different untruths, I guess, Um, but one of them was on feminism. And this is um, a lot of times people that have latched onto a feministic viewpoint got there because they were so mistreated because yes. of their womanhood. And, yes. and, and finally somebody heard them. And so they came out almost just fighting as if men were evil and women were better yes. than and trying to elevate. And so a lot of times we no longer need men. We don't go like they're bad They're mm-hmm. And which is, obviously none of those things are true because basically we that that idea is doing the very thing that they didn't want done to them Um, (laughs) right (laughs) and but but i think that 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 has often come out of a place of an abuse um Mm -hmm. of and and a mistreatment of women and their uniqueness and their giftings and Mm and instead Instead of kind of working through that and react and even particularly if people are in a vulnerable situation, whether they're, they're a child or they just find themselves in a vulnerable position, they are looking to separate themselves and, and move out of a vulnerable position. Yes, yes. To, to do things like, I don't need you and I can do anything you can. I, I just right. a, a, a dependence on themselves, a, a power that they're looking mm-hmm. for. And again, that usually comes from a, a place of great hurt um, yes. that, that typically has come from. And, and in fairness, because um, there are a lot of women who have been mistreated because sure. of womanhood um, right. and not been valued um, because of their contribution, um, whether it be in the church or outside the church, um, mm-hmm. that has been the story of, of cultural things that that a lot of women have walked through.
0: Right, and I even see that now with um, uh, godly people that have had. Um, positions of great influence Mm -hmm. and then because of misuse mistreatment Mm -hmm. they um are reeling from the hurt of that and and um you know even as i watch all you have to do is camp out on twitter for uh, 30 minutes and you can see a lot of this going on and it it grieves my heart but it also is um a natural knee-jerk reaction to what you know has happened to us And I think in our, you know, I grew up in the 70s, I am a little bit older than you. And I grew up in the 70s when um, women's rights and that feminist movement was strong. And I'm sure it infiltrated in the public school system and all that thing. Because if you had asked me in the sixth grade, what I want to be when I grew up. Well, I want to be president of the United States because Mm -hmm. I was being taught that women could do anything and we would go places and we would do it. And we Mm -hmm. were coming into the work world and going to crash that um, glass ceiling and, you know, Mm -hmm. all the things and women certainly have. And I, I respect what women have been able to do in the workplace, but I also, and I I read a really good book. I'm going to have to go find the title of it that was written by um, African-American Christian woman who has been a CEO of a company. And she was talking about really how to be a great leader and be a great godly woman too, Mm -hmm. which was, and she had some, incredible insight so i just don't think we have to lose our identity as um our biblical and living out our biblical truth as a woman um even in in you know living in the world and and developing and some women just naturally have great leadership skills i've got a friend who's just an Incredible leader. But what makes her so good is she's always lifting up the people around her. Yeah. And um and giving honor and and serving, even as a leader serving, she's just truly got a beautiful gift of that. But um yeah, yeah, but I totally agree with that. And as a God, as a Christian woman in the world today, I am not um, well, it, it is funny. I don't know, Bobby, and we could get into a really ticky, a, a little uh, I can't muddy spot right here, <laughs> because I was going to say, I'm totally not for the feminist movement, but at the same time, I completely agree that women have been mistreated, that men, I believe it's a part of the fall. I think when yes. God came down in Genesis chapter three, after um, Adam and Eve, uh, Eve, then Adam uh, chose to eat the fruit, knowing it was blatantly disobeying what God had asked them to do. It was um, their freedom to choose and they choose poorly. And we all have ever since. And when God then is spelling out, he says he's going to greatly increase our pain and childbearing. Everything about being a woman circles around the discomfort of that. And so that I believe is a curse given. But the second thing he said is your desire would be for your husband and he will rule over you. And I think in that regard, God was explaining now because of the fall, how the relationship would Mm -hmm. be affected. Yes. So I don't think it was so much as God said, Zap, I've now cursed you with this. Yeah. I think He did zap us with the pain and childbearing, but I think He said, This will be the fallout. Like yeah. this, I'm just explaining to you how that's going to be now.
1: and struggle is now part of, of the it. consequence of, of sin.
0: And I think that when we see the abuse of women through the ages, um, that's all a a, a um That is what has happened as a result, just like God said it would. And so, and I'm not for it. I want to, I want to always be for those that don't have a voice and for those that are being mistreated and, um, and I see it and I know it, and I do get on that little bandwagon sometimes, sometimes more in the flesh and spirit, I'm sure. But at the same time, I think it's very important for us as women not to lose, our uniqueness as women like we don't win just like you said we don't win by yeah um just being a better man than the men are in our
1: lives so no, that we don't win well because right. that's exhausting actually that is exhausting it's exhausting right. to function all the time outside of the unique ways that god created you yes that's and, right and and we can do that in our flesh yes. um but I don't think there's a lot of joy there. No, um, I, I don't think that's a good reflection good. of of Christ.
0: So, Bobby Ann, what a um, uh, let's see, how do we say spirited conversation? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And what we want to do is come around. There's so many things you can like talk about, but we're, we're speaking of the being made in the image of God, um, being, um, made as a part of that, just the unique aspects of who we are. And then also the, and we didn't say this outright, but I think another really cool aspect of it, we were talking about how male and female, they go together and we become one that's a reflection of God. But I think also just the fact that we serve a communal God, you know, a three. In one God yeah. um, makes me realize that we're also very communal in nature. Even mm-hmm. if we're introverted or extroverted, it doesn't matter. We are made to um interact and to uh receive from and give to each other, you know, both men and women, like we're we do that in our marriage, we do that as mothers, we do it as daughters, we mm-hmm. do it as friends, like we're we're communal in nature because God is communal in nature, and the whole um, me, uh, message of the gospel is that God goes to the nth degree to draw us back into community with him yep. so in thinking in terms of that you know the uniqueness of us the communal nature of us how can we best as Christian women impact our world
1: today um I would kind of go back to what we talked about when we were when we at the very beginning yeah. um is yes, I really think that we need to dial in at as believers on what our identity is in yeah. um, in Galatians it, it talks about that there is neither Jew nor Gentile neither slave oh, nor free good. neither male nor female for yes. you are all one in Christ Jesus and yes we should celebrate the the unique ways that God created us as women and, and what God can do because he's given us like, like I can birth a baby. Men yeah, how cool is that. that? Even though that, <laughs> there's some that might try or I don't oh, know. No, it's crazy. <laughs> world. Um, but we should celebrate that, but that should never be the who we are. Right. Um, and, and I think that as we interact with our culture, We need to be certain about our identity because our culture is not certain about their identity, right? Uh, And there is something that that just almost magnetizes someone and draws them into somebody who is sure about who they are, even if they don't they don't understand, even if that like this when you I would I think about when. When I've watched someone um, on TV or I watch a talk show or, uh, or just, you can see somebody and, and somebody that's so unique and maybe I, I don't even, oh, I got an idea. Katy Perry. Katy okay. Perry is like out there. I mean, like fully out there. I, I cannot speak to Katy Perry's um, relationship with Jesus. I could guess, but I'm not, that's not, but, mm-hmm. but she's fascinating. Right. Mm-hmm. Because Katie Perry shows up in whatever, and you're like, that's different. Like yeah. that, like that's not what everybody else is doing. That's not, um, but but I pay attention to it. Um, I'm I'm drawn to wanting to know and, and kind of leaning in to that. And the truth is our culture is actually drawn to that peculiar that we were talking yes. about earlier. Right. But for most of us, um, we don't embrace that um we don't embrace this identity of being a a chosen people a royal Mm -hmm. priesthood uh, Mm -hmm. a peculiar people you know we Mm -hmm. we haven't embraced that um because we still look for the approval of others we Mm -hmm. we determine who we are in our identity by what other people say, or or how our emotions feel, or all of these, right. things. and we really, I think, if we're going to be Christian women in the world today that impact the culture with when it comes to being women, we we gotta dial in on who we are in Christ yes. and, and fully embrace that, and and that has to actually, I think, um, it can be. In, in cooperation with us as women but that cannot be who defines us even even our gender cannot be what defines us we've got to be defined uh by our identity in Christ because scripture even tells us that in Christ that none of that matters right that's right that's That's good we are first and so we're gonna make an impact in our culture. We've got to own that. Um, and That's really, and I see that over and over and I see our culture going that way of this identity thing. But I, I see that the church, uh, the big C church and the, the individuals within the church, that there's few people um, that I, I can see that are really, they're really owning and going, you know what? I am fully a, a child of God, saved, redeemed, rescued. And I'm empowered by the spirit that lives inside me, that Mm -hmm. the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of me. And and that's who I am, you know? And so I would say that that would be, I love that. And that it really reminds me of a
0: youth camp I went to in the seventh grade and the way I, whenever I tell this story, I'm like, I was at the bottom of the food chain of the youth group in the seventh grade, grade you know, it was a church. Yeah, bottom, because yeah. like that was when you went in, of course, now we do six, seven and eight you together and then nine through
1: yeah. 12. But, but back at, in the
0: day, we did seven. <laughs> yes, we did seven through 12. And so when you went from children's department to youth camp, yeah. you were like the wee little one in a world of people that could even grow beards. You know, it was crazy. <laughs> Not the women, but the men that could, and, or the boys. And at that camp, we were studying a little book that was written by a guy named Grady Nutt and he was a comedian way back in the 80s, 90s. He unfortunately died fairly young in a plane crash. But this book was called Self, You Bug Me. And it had a picture of a ladybug on the front of it. It's a little bitty book. And it was all built on this one sentence. And it, I, it's like a life sentence for me. And this is what it was. I am a person of worth created in the image of God to relate and to live. Mm-hmm. And the like knowing who we are, like that is who I am. I am a person of worth. Like my value comes in the fact that God created me and, and he created me in his image, but he created me with a purpose. And that was to relate to others and to live in this world at my full potential and you know, we, I think that you're right. The world is looking for who am I? And um, I even, what was it? I read somewhere recently, somebody saying, um, you just have to sit with yourself and determine who you are. And, you know, and I'm like, well, if you're like, I don't even know how looking inside of me, I'm going to figure that out, you know, but I am who, and I, I, we have a pastor that used to be on staff that would say, I am who God says I am. And that's a good, that's a good way of knowing, but I wholeheartedly agree with you that this identity, the gender identity is, is just one aspect of the identity crisis. Well, and and I think
1: our gender identity, as you just said it, speaks to our purpose that the assignments that God has for us to carry yeah. out not yes. who we are you know right. yeah I am I am female right <laughs> sure God, it defines me it's it's what what God has equipped me with to carry out yeah. what he intends for me to to do um that? but that's not who I am I mean yeah you know, and and I think that's an important thing that we like to categorize things it, it helps yeah. us of things, but But God thinks on such a higher wavelength than we do Mm -hmm. that we're not putting things into too many categories and and making identities where God didn't make them.
0: You know, and I think it circles back around, and this is where we can kind of maybe land this plane, but um, not having, not living under authority of anyone the secular mindset can be, I can be whoever and whatever sure. yeah. I want to be. Yeah. And I will be. I will be whoever and whatever I choose to be because mm-hmm. I am God. Yeah. And that then becomes um, the impetus of, of a journey that does not satisfy even. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know the stats, but even in the transgender world, there's so many that regret the surgeries and the the alterations they did to their body when they get on the other side because that did not deliver what they were seeking what what they were hungry for and and i think that where we're as christians we are saying to the world we have an answer you're looking for and then but if we don't live like we're we're um filled with that answer yeah (laughs) Yeah, i mean then we got nothing they want and I think in our world today we must be authentic what we're saying must align with how we're living and um, no matter what we're facing like whether we're in the good times or the bad times what we profess to believe needs to be fleshed out and how we respond to what the world is dishing up and so that comes in how is our best way and we'll this will be our last question we ask to, um, interact with those that have gender confusion, like what is the best way for us to, um, um, respond to those that are transgender, those that are, um, homosexual, those that are, you know, all of the gender confusions, what's the best way for us to interact with and respond to them?
1: Well, I think, uh, that's a great question that, uh, cough. Uh, doesn't always have an easy answer like I, yeah. well, I should say I can give you an easy answer yeah when the rubber meets the road you can go what does this look like how do I do <laughs> right right um but here's what I I think that scripture gives us um actually in Colossians chapter four it tells us to be wise in the way that we act toward outsiders making the okay. most of the time so I think yeah. that we should be very mindful that if we have the opportunity to intersect our life with someone else who is, whether they're struggling with our gender identity, whether they just disagree with us so much on, on our personal beliefs, that we we should see that as an opportunity and we should make the most of the time. Um, yes. So that means that that we should be wise in it. I mean, that's what scripture tells us in right. James chapter one. It also tells us that if you lack wisdom, you should ask for it right. and that God will give generously to us and so i think a lot of times we're looking to ourselves to be the one to know what to do know what to say and know how to handle everything um but we first should see it as as a divine opportunity um Mm -hmm. a lot of times we don't we see it as a crisis right (laughs) right. freaking out like i don't know what to do what do i say what is it yeah it's a divine opportunity and the holy spirit that lives inside of us has the power to move and work through us um so we should we should first Go there, but I I then would come back to almost a cliche um, saying that that we said probably twenty years ago we wore bracelets that said what would Jesus do? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and I recently finished a Bible study that was so impactful to me, and the 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 brunt of the study was looking at how Jesus um, interacted with outsiders. Um, and every single time that Jesus had this one-on-one with someone, like I, uh, someone who was not a believer, not religious leaders, because he he was a little rougher on them, <laughs> um, right, right. but anybody who was outside of the faith, who mm-hmm. had differing beliefs in him, every single time, it would say that Jesus had compassion on them. Mm, And Now he didn't quit telling them the truth, but, um, I, I was, I kind of was looking back at this. I was just kind of scrolling through and by scrolling like page by page through the book of Matthew story after story of Jesus interacting with, and I came to the story where, um, the woman who had the issue of blood and, Mm -hmm. um, and there in Matthew chapter nine, verse 22, there's just this little phrase and it says, Jesus turned and saw her. Oh, Jesus turned and saw her. And it made mm. me wonder, I, I can just get a look. It mm. made me wonder how often we look at people and we see them. And ha- instead of we see their sin, we see their yeah. gender confusion. We see the, the disagreement that we have yeah. with them and we don't see them. And yeah. um, I, Jesus saw her he saw the person he um yes like she she had she had an issue um that that in fact he he's dealing with for her but um i i was just moved by that that phrase that jesus saw her he turned and he saw That's her so good. and so i think that as we interact as as ambassadors of christ um we have to do so with the holy spirit inside of mm-hmm. us filled with the spirit um in fact i i just did a little uh lesson the other day on acts chapter two um where the uh, pentecost when yeah. uh, they went when tongues of fire were over them and it says that all of a sudden when they were filled with the spirit they could communicate with people that didn't speak their language and let me just tell you I don't think I speak the same language as people with gender identity issues, right? But when I'm filled with the spirit, the power of the spirit can allow me to (laughs) speak a different language, right? But I I also have to, just because the spirit lives inside me does not mean that I'm filled with the spirit because there's a lot of times of sin in my life that keeps me from, from being from his spirit, having the power to work. And so I have to deal with that too. I think as, as we, we do this and as we interact that we make sure we're making the most of the opportunity, which means we start confessing some sin in our life that are keeping us from the power, having full access, the power of the Holy Spirit to have full access, to allow me to now speak a language that I don't usually speak, that I don't even love that um, because it's possible. The same power that, that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside me, but I can, I can, I can keep that power at bay by having sin in my life yeah. um, to be dealt with. And so um, that's, I think those are the things we just need to see it as an opportunity. We need to make sure that, that we are aligned with the truth of scripture. We know who we are because of who God says that we are and, and we're confident in that. And, and then we really let the Holy Spirit work through us um, because he can give us wisdom generously if we ask for it and his power can, can allow those things to happen. And so those sound like, um, good church answers, um, that can still be really hard when we have to flesh them out. Um, and, and I think what you just said too, about just being authentic. Um, yeah. and not having just you can say I, I don't have all the answers. Right. I don't get this right all the time. I, I mess up, I sin. I, I but um I think being really real with people to show them you love them, mm. that you see them can go a long way. Absolutely in, in that. And um man, there if God is at work in somebody's heart, um, and you just show up with the Holy Spirit at work in you, there's not much you can do to screw that up, you know,
0: <laughs> besides,
1: besides sin that, that you haven't confessed. Right. But um, I think that we sometimes make it so dependent on us um, yes. and we forget that the, the power of God is at work. I love and it. All the time. So,
0: and he's always mindful we're merely dust. So he oh. knows what he's working with. He and does.
1: He- <laughs> That's Plan a and I he was did. like, I
0: "Don't you have a Plan B in case?" Yeah, right. And he's like, "Nope, you're the one." And so he knows how to do that. I love that. I think that's a super great. I will forever remember that, Bobby Ann. That um, it, it just like Pentecost once we're filled with the spirit we could speak a language we do not know and in that day it was a foreign language and our day it's a foreign culture language I love that it's, I'm going to remember that political
1: affiliations it's different yeah. it's different belief systems yes. different background and it does make it hard to communicate with people because it, it does I mean listen if we're defining yes. what a woman is that means yes. I speak a different language than you do right right, right. Um, I, love and so that. I have to I have to make sure that I'm right. getting past that and realizing that's where we have to make sure we're meeting them where they are I'm not trying to make them speak our language yeah. um, and so but God, God can do that um he certainly can can. yeah yeah, yeah. So. and
0: I love that it really takes us off the hook when it's not our job to judge and to fix them when it's not our like that's the Holy Spirit will do that it's his job to convict and to conform not yeah. ours and yeah. so when we don't have to be that, then we can just love them and have compassion on them and allow the Lord to speak through us. It's good. It's good. Well, And you
1: can be sure that God is at work in them if he uh-huh. has them interacting with a Christ follower. Oh, that's a sure good word. And yeah. um, because like, and sometimes we don't realize that, but if God has them intersecting their life with your life, he's at yeah. work. That's so
0: yeah and bobby and that's a good word for us to end on so (laughs) i do believe what a great conversation thank you so much for joining me me. so you're coming back you're going to come back at the end after we take this journey and circle back around okay very (laughs) good (laughs) all right um thanks so much you're welcome Hello, my praying people. This summer, we are going to enter into a new series called The Truth About Women. If you've been following me through the month of May, you know that at my church, at Thompson Station Church in Thompson Station, Tennessee, I was invited to deliver a message on Mother's Day called The Truth About Women. And I actually blogged about it and told everyone how disconcerting it was to be given an assignment such as that. And one of the things that really surprised me was how difficult it is to actually tell the truth about a lot of things in this day and age. The lies and the deception have gotten so rampant and so mainstream that it has become incredibly controversial and unfortunately confrontational to tell the truth. And one of the truths that we don't tell often enough is the truth about women. We don't tell that truth um, very well in our everyday life, but we also don't tell that truth very well within our churches. So I'm really hopeful that by participating in this series this summer, you'll be able to become well-grounded in the truth about women from a biblical perspective and one that I believe will radically impact the way girls and women uh, embrace who God has made us to be so that we can do what God has created for us to do. As a part of this summer series, I've invited some of my best women ministry friends to participate in it with me. And so every one of the episodes will be a conversation with me and one of these amazing women. Um, All of them have ministries of their own. Many of them have their own podcast. They are authors. They are women's ministry leaders. They are pastor's wives. They are... um, Uh, conference speakers. They are just dynamic, godly women. And I'm looking forward to getting to introduce you to all of them throughout the summer. And so it's going to be a fun thing. There are going to be, I think, 10 episodes in this series. And this is the first one. And then we'll just roll along from there. I hope that you'll share this with any women that you know. I hope that you'll, if you resonate with what we're teaching on here, that you'll share it in your, in your Sunday school classes or your life groups or your connect groups, whatever it is you call your small groups you're part of. I hope you'll share it with your women's ministries. I hope that you'll share the podcast with friends you have and um, that you will really be, uh, you'll, you know, you'll enjoy this. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, um, thank you for listening and, uh, here we go with episode one and our truth about women podcast series.